afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome to yeah! episode 92 of Dune the Monkey. Uh, we have just fought with our computers for the past 35 minutes, probably longer, to bring you this episode. Um, so it's going to be a little bit shorter than usual. There's going to be no one old, one news. I'm Mark Foster. As ever, I'm joined by my co-host. Ian Laurie, let's fucking go. Let's do let's this. Do There's this. going to be no promos. There's going to be no trailers. It's going to be an hour of intense Dune and a Monkey. I can't fucking wait. I'm sure Mark can't wait. I cannot fucking wait. Let's let's do this, Mark. What's on the show this week? Yeah. There is trailers. There is Dumb and Dumber too. Yes. There is Bringing Out the Dead, and yes. there is anything else we can fit into the next hour. Here, trailers. Bam, go. I can't remember. <laughs> American Sniper. American two. Sniper. The, the, the second trailer. Uh, yeah. Yeah, which is full of quotes that make people want to see the film. Awesome, epic, yeah. mesmerizing, blah, boom. blah, boom, 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 Brilliant. boom, beautiful. boom. Bradley Cooper has never looked chunkier. You know, like <laughs> it's brilliant. Um, I'll watch it. I'm not that bothered about seeing it in the cinema. You know, we'll see what happens if it gets good reviews. Never, who knows, but we'll see. The Loft. Um, a bunch of good-looking men have some sexy shenanigans and then get stalked by a mysterious blonde. Is that is that with is that with each other or with women? Women. Looks Not like, interested. It looks like, in the words of Frank from Film Junk, VOD trash, but I can't wait. Um, I, that's going to get watched on a Friday night with a couple of beers. Um, you, I, I'm sure you want to talk about them, Alex, so I'll leave that to you. Get hard. <laughs> get hard. It uh, looks pretty mainstream. It looks shit. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I, 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 a couple of laughs maybe, we're, we're, you know, we'll see. Ooh, kill... Actually, while while we're doing that, because I, I I haven't finished watching it, so I was never going to talk about it in my one old one new. But I will ask you very quickly. Uh, you've seen the um, the supersized version of Anchorman two, haven't you? Yes, I have. Started watching it the other day because it's two and a half hours long. So I thought I'd watch it in a couple of bits. Um, it, I didn't realize it was essentially the same scenes, but with completely different, almost completely different dialogue. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's quite interesting, but I can see why they didn't use that dialogue in a lot of the scenes. It's got good... Uh, I like the musical number. I actually prefer the supersized version. The musical numbers, I think, are great. I'm about 40 minutes in, so I don't think I've got there yet. I think, But then again, I thought the first 40 minutes of Anchorman to the actual... The, the cinematic version was a lot was the strongest. So maybe once it gets to that other bit, it'll flip round for me. My, my computer is not crashing while I'm using Skype. Fuck you, CallGraph. Fuck yes. you. If anyone out there records podcasts and use CallGraph, bin it, bin it. MP3 yep. Skype recorder. Skype actually authorise it on their site. They're okay with it. CallGraph's not listed on there. This is. It's free and it's actually working. Yes, anyway. and... and... We just, I just tried to download CallGraph again to reinstall it, and it installed 17 different programs as I was installing it. And appeared to turn off my security as well. Yeah, um, yeah, CallGraph, what, what the hell happened there? Anyway, um, Kill Me Three Times is the last one I have to talk about. When a film's trailer has the, has the, the tag from the director <laughs> yeah, of, of, of Red Dog, I, I, I've seen that film. I had to test the print of it at work when I was back when I was working at the cinema. It's fine. It's got nothing, nothing, nothing to do with the content of this film whatsoever. It is bizarre. It is but like it also they have says... nothing. Star. I mean, they could have said starring the guy from Shaun of the Dead. That would have been more attractive to people. A bizarre trailer. And it also said from the producers of, and it was two films. I can't even remember what films they were, but it was two films that I thought, that I, when it said them, I was like, yeah, but they were shit. Not that they were, like, big films and they were shit. They were really small, really shit films. Mm. What the fuck? And it almost, you look at it going, did Simon Pegg lose a bet? Yeah, I, I, I don't know what Simon Pegg's... I don't know whether it's Simon Pegg or if it's his agent, but... One of them needs a, a talking to. Yeah, yeah, it, that that looks that looks like one of those you know those Christian Slater or Woody Harrelson films sure. that goes straight to VOD, go straight no didn't go to VOD goes straight to DVD still yeah. for some reason yeah it looks like one of those yeah it, it's if Simon Pegg wasn't in it there, I mean there would be no interest whatsoever and Simon Pegg has starred in some shit. Yeah, and, and also it's got the third Hemsworth brother in it. Oh, um, Luke. 
Yeah, the the the, the not very buff and but ugly one. Yeah, what else has he been in? Um, Neighbours. Yeah, he wasn't the one in Paranoia, was he? That was Liam. Yeah, he's been neighbours, and he probably shared a bath at some point with another Hemsworth. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's, that, 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 that's probably the biggest thing he's ever done, was shared a bath with his brothers. Nice. Um, so, yeah, that's all I've got. Mark, go. Uh, okay, right. Uh, American Sniper, the second trailer for that. I uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, I've heard from somebody who's seen it that it's actually really, really fucking good. Uh-huh. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to that. Get Hard looks fucking good terrible it looks like one of those movies that uh will ferrell was making 10, ten years, years ago. ago yeah kind you of know, yeah and one of those ones where you went oh is this one of his shit ones that he was making 10 years yeah, ago sure. um trailer for true story uh the james franco and jonah hill film that isn't a comedy uh, and won't piss off north korea um it it looks it looks really quite good. Have you seen the trailer for this? No, I actually, for some reason, I thought it was a TV show, so I didn't bother. It's a film, is it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's right, a film. Okay. Uh, and the idea is you've got... Um, John Hill plays a, a journalist and a writer who um, is fired from the New York Times and ends up being asked to do a story on a man who has killed his entire family. He says, well, why, am I, why are you wanting me to do it? It's not kind of... It's not what I do. And they said, well, because the only name he's given so far since we've brought him in is your name he says he's you but we know he's not and then it it, it goes from there the problem is is james franco now is getting to be too associated with james franco doing weird stuff and james franco doing comedy that it's now getting increasingly hard to take him seriously. Every, yeah, it seems like every single role you are actually questioning whether it's performance art or not that he's actually yeah. doing it. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and the thing is, is I, I, I actually, I'm, I think the guy's a bit of an, an egotistical prick, uh-huh. but I think he, he is actually quite a good actor when he wants to be. Uh, and Jonah Hill's a, a decent actor, so it does actually look really quite good. I just hope that the whole James Francoism of it doesn't end up bringing it down. Um, the Kill Me Three Times trailer is just fucking terrible. Uh, I did watch the trailer for Inside Out. Um, I, it's just not for me. Um, and then Night of Cups, um, which looks like it's going... Well, it, let's be honest, it looks beautiful. Uh, and it's only two minutes and 15 seconds of what I'm guessing will be a two and a half hour film. Um, it looks like there might be some kind of story there. Granted, probably not a lot of story and that there, won't make a lot of sense. Be. There might be. But there might be a little bit of story there. But it, uh, do you know what? I will happily watch two and a half hours of just of, of Malik Beauty. Uh Yes, I wasn't a big fan of To the Wonder, but I think he made that just too quickly after Tree of Life. I think he's had a couple of years now, and, you know, I still don't think that's long enough for Malik. I'd like to wait every seven or eight years for a Malik, but I'll, I'll accept that, that this does look actually quite good. Um, so, other than that, that, that's everything. Okay, nice. Uh, right, so that was trailers. Um, so we, uh, I, I, we're not even going to play you a trailer uh, for Dumb and Dumber no, 2. No, we're, we're getting in, mate. We're, we're just going to get fucking straight in there. Um, the, well, it's 20 years later um, from uh, on from the, the first movie, which I think is actually 20 years since the first movie was released, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and uh, Harry, uh, well... Lloyd has been in a a, a mental asylum um, for the past 20 years, uh, hasn't spoken uh, or had any kind of reaction to anything. Um, so Harry goes to see him every Wednesday, and then one of the days he goes to see him, Lloyd uh, comes out and basically admits that the whole thing has been a joke. Um, remember, guys, we are all spoilers all the time, but that is in the fucking trailer, yeah. but we'll get more spoilery into a film which is perfectly unspoilable. Well, um, well, okay, let's actually, let's start. So basically, um, Jeff Daniels is one, has to have a kidney transplant, finds out he's yeah. got a kid. Jim Carrey goes off with him to find out because he wants to fuck his kid. Yes. Done. Right, That's okay. So, speed. Um, so, right, my, that's the thing. The plot, 
there's a shitload of plot in this film. Why is there so much plot in this film? There, there was constantly plotty things going on, and then the jokes happen. Uh, did you? Did you? Right. Sorry. What? The what happens? There's so much plot. There's so much plot. You, you, you mentioned a word there, which I don't think came into any of this film. Oh, comedy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Jokes. Yeah. Th- th- there's. There's. The thing is, it, I I think that Dumb and Dumber is a genuinely great comedy. Yeah, watched it last month. I talked about it in what we watched. Yeah, four, four out of five. Solid as fuck is Dumb and Dumber. So, and also as well, Dumb and Dumber. I saw Dumb and Dumber at the cinema. Um, it was a it was a twelve, I believe. Dumb and Dumber. Uh, sure. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure it was a twelve. This is a fifteen. Yeah. For a start off, which. It, I, I was gobsmacked this was a 15. Um, you know, not, not, not that it was a 15. It felt like a 15 when I was watching it. But I was gobsmacked that they made it a 15. I just thought that they'd make it a, a 12. But what, 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 it, sorry, go on. It, but it, the, the thing is, it just seemed so, it seemed like they, they, get, they came up with an idea of, let's do a sequel to Dumb and Dumber and call it Dumb and Dumber 2, but we'll just spell it T-O. Uh, and it's like, what is it? Well, it's Harry and Lloyd. They go off on another adventure to go and find one of their children. All right, do we? Do, have we got a script? Now we just fucking make it up as we go along. And that was it. That there cannot have been a script. No, I mean, well, no, I mean, I agree with that. I mean, they they all. I was listening to an interview uh, on the Empire Magazine podcast the other day where it was Jeff Daniels, uh, Jim Carrey, and Peter Farrelly, and they were basically saying, you know we got them all together just to agree to it before we even came up with what the film was. And it does. And like Jim Carrey actually said on that, you know, I, I never wanted to do sequels and any kind of jokes, but you know, now I'm kind of desperate and I have to, but that's only kind of half a joke. I think and Jeff Daniels, you know, to be fair, I think if he gets a decent paycheck, he would probably be all right with being a dumb and dumb and two. And the Farrelly's need a hit as well. So they've mm. got, they basically, you know, it feels like a weirdly smart move that New Line actually declined to make the sequel. And you have to wonder what the basis of that was, because Universal picked it up very quickly. And the thing is, I mean, I, I, I'll put my cards on the table. If this is not my worst film of the year, when our year-end show comes up, I'm going to be stunned. This is an absolute benchmark for the very, very bottom of the pile that I have seen on any screen this year. Um, and I, I, I'm not as offended by it as I am grown-ups, but the sheer disappointment compared to the first one and the fact mm. that it's 20 years later, they didn't have to do this, and they've done this. And your point about it being a 15 instead of a 12A, the thing is, what they've tried to do here is just be like, right, in the last 20 years, we've had the American Pie films, which brought out uh, like the reemergence of the sex comedy. And then we had the frat, like Anchorman and whatnot, that brought about, the, and the 40-year-old version that brought about the emergence of kind of the, the frat pack comedy, like Dodgeball and whatnot. And yeah. in the 20 years, you know, jokes have got coarser, the language has got more liberal, and the gross-out stuff has just been kind of, it, it, it's it's been getting more and more and now you've got these guys who have comedy sensibilities from much further back trying to ape this stuff and it's just sad it's and it's pathetic and watching jim carrey and jeff daniels who both look haggard as fuck in this film act yeah. like 12 year old retards it's just, it's not funny. And they don't even, I mean, like Jim Carrey's character in the first one has a sweetness to him, you know, yeah. which is completely gone here. All he wants to do is fuck his friend's daughter. And it's creepy. Yeah, that is exactly what I said to uh, Bexter. Come on, said, what do you think? And I said, it's, it's terrible. It's an awful film. Um, I, and my screen now went to the uh, ten past eleven screening on a Sunday morning, and there was there was a few people in it. Actually, I was surprised at how many people were in it. Um, bear in mind that it was like the Sunday before Christmas as well, so I, I was a little bit shocked how many people were were in my screening. Um, and what I was more shocked about it is the the the, the, the bits they were laughing at. Um, 
I thought that's not funny. I had people around it's, me laughing at the Chinese scene, which is just the worst. It's and there was a like you say, dumb and dumber. There was a sweetness. There was a naivety. It was a there was no there was no nastiness to it. They were just two harmless dumb guys um, who who would who had been lucky enough to find each other, um, and they were happy in their stupidity. Mm. Um, and they, you know that they were too stupid to be mean spirited. Um, whereas in this, they were just—they were nasty. They were a little bit. They, they had a. They say there, there was a nastiness, a creepiness to it um, throughout, uh, and it, it added. A, it just added just something of a, a bad tone towards the whole film. Yeah, I mean that—that—that's the thing. It just. It doesn't feel like you should be laughing. And, and, and it, it, I don't know. I, it was weird. I literally, I believe me, I, fuck me, I wanted to like this film. And mm, I, 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 I posted the last podcast that, that we were, you know, despite reviews, we were actually kind of looking forward yeah, to it. totally. And it just literally, I think I went like, huh, maybe three times. And yeah, I, I think I had that. That is <laughs> that is the biggest reaction it got out of me. Well, and, and one of them I mean, was how Jim Carrey eats a hot dog. You know, I, it just like that. That's almost like my brain is so starved, starved for laughing oxygen that it will, um, it will take it will take a, a fucking um, uh, like a pool in in a mirage. You know, it just oh. One of mine was was uh, man getting hit in the crotch, which let's be honest, can always be funny. There was, it was uh, that. I, I think it was two. It was him eating the hot dogs. I like the way he ate the hot dog, then used the bun to wipe his face. I actually thought that was quite funny. And there's just another mm. really incidental bit when they're in the funeral home and he eats the banana and he just opens up the coffin. There's a body in there and he just chucks the banana skin in there. I I, yeah, I, I don't we, even know why I laughed at that. But it, even things like 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 that, it, it I, I, the, the bit I, I I kind of mildly chuckled at was the bit where they go on the big road trip and then knock on the door and she answers the door well, again. Actually, no, do you know what? That was the third one. I did laugh. Yeah, I did. And I did actually, I did actually laugh at that because that was the kind of thing you would have got in the first one. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I laughed at the first time um, he pushed him in the shrub. But the reason why I laughed at that had nothing to do with the film. It's because I have a habit of if I ever see a shrub like that and I'm walking along, I will push Isabel into it. Sure. Um, so it's nothing to do with this film. It's just something I will do to my child. Um, but to, to give an idea of, of, of how OTT and how irritating Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels are in this film, Rob Riggle is the most normal and kind of lucid and sensible comedic presence in this film. Hmm. And that's Rob Riggle. Yeah. Uh, who is usually... In a, in a dual role as well, which... It, yeah, uh, uh, which, it, which, which makes no sense yeah. at all. Um, I'll also say what doesn't make any sense and what has actually been dry... It shouldn't get me this angry, but it does... If that girl is not either of theirs kid, how the fuck is she that dumb? And how the fuck does she find the like the pushing in the shrub thing entertaining? Yeah, it's it's... so weird. Yeah, she she should be. You know, it would have been fine if they had just left it. Uh, actually, no, she's, she's Jim Carrey's kid. Done. She, yeah, she's Lloyd's kid. That'd have been fine. But then making it that she's neither of their kids, it kind of goes. Hang on a minute. What? What's the? Wait. That is, just doesn't make sense now. <laughs> yeah. I, I. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I mean, that's. I don't know. You don't want to be thinking that kind of stuff in in a throwaway comedy like this. And you never think about the plot in Dumb and Dumber. But, yeah, but here, but, but, just you don't have anything else to engage to think about. You. And it's so long as well. It is so long. Yeah. It is. It's. It, it's. It's like ten minutes shy of two hours, and it doesn't. I mean, how long is Dumb and Dumber? Dumb and Dumber can't be more than a hundred minutes. Like an hour and forty-five. That's the thing. 
this uh, this genuinely feels like it's fifty percent longer than the first film. Oh, without question, yeah, it, it, it's 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 so bad. I, I mean, it, it, I mean, it really is. Just none of the jokes land. I swear they are actually leaving time for the audience to laugh in some bits. Yeah, and it just no. You know, I, I mean, oh, it, I mean, it looks like shit. The soundtrack is all just like pushing your nostalgia buttons for the first one. But also includes random, not new songs, but songs that happened in between the first two movies, these two movies. It's, ah, uh, it, it's just not very good. Yeah, I, I mean, shit it off. I, I'd, rather, I'd much rather talk about bringing out the dead. So yeah, I, I, I would. Uh, it, it's definitely shit. Yeah, I mean, I, okay, I, I mean, it's a short one. We're going fast anyway, but this one doesn't deserve. It, no, it to really doesn't. The, the, the most definitely shit of this year. And as well, the it's in every trailer and it's actually on the fucking poster. That car, the dog car that they have in the first movie, uh, it's in it for ten literally seconds. ten seconds, and then that's it. I think two and shots. It, yeah, and it. There are. It's just, it's a terrible, terrible, pointless movie. And it, all the way through it, I was thinking, do they, do these two, do these people, all the people around this, not realise how unfunny what they're doing is? I almost thought it was a practical joke. I thought they just wanted to make something so bad just to see who would laugh at it. So I, we know it, who to is, kill off in the coming res- revolution. Yeah, uh, there, there will be. In a couple of years' time, when Jim Carrey does something else, he will go. Well, yeah, Dominic was was not very good. Yeah, we shouldn't have done I, it. I just we shouldn't have done it. <sighs> it's crap. Yeah, man. Um, moving on, bud. Moving on. The the, the penultimate is the final film. The penultimate film. Final, final film. film. Yeah, the final film in our Martin Scorsese uh, marathon is his 1999 uh, film, Bringing Out the Dead. Um, one of those that, that kind of goes very much, I think, under under the radar um, for for Marty. Uh, it was made in between. Uh, let me just check what it was made in between. Uh, uh, I'm going to guess Cundun and Gangs of New York. Yeah, we made it in between Cundun and Gangs of New York. So it was probably made um, while he was doing a lot of the prep for uh, Gangs of New York, um, just to make a movie, to be honest. Um, stars uh, Nicolas Cage. Um, uh, you also got Bing Rhymes, John Goodman, Tom Sizemore, Bruce Rackett, who at the time I think was married to Nick Cage. Uh, written by Paul Schrader. Um, shot by uh, an often collaborator, um, Robert Richardson. Uh, Robert Richardson. Um, and obviously, uh, Thelma Schoonemaker is uh, in for the editing. Uh, story is um, about Nick Cage's character, Frank Pierce, who is a paramedic in New York in the early 90s, uh, who is essentially suffering from burnout. Uh, we follow him over three nights over a weekend, uh, where all three nights we have a full moon, and each night he has a different um, partner, um, starting with John Goodman, then moving on to Ving Rhymes, and finally Tom Sizemore. Um Ian, you, you had seen this before, hadn't you? Yeah. 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 Uh, Ian, uh, bringing out the dead thoughts. Yeah, um, I, I very much. By the way, oh, I think it's also good to say if you'd say he works the graveyard shift as well, so he works starts I think at eleven p.m. and finishes at six seven in the morning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I enjoy bringing out the dead. Um, I don't. I, I certainly don't think it's vintage Scorsese. Um, I don't think anybody would. I mean, it's got. It's got echoes of Taxi Driver, but, you know, it, it's not as good. Um, it's got some of his more kind of crazy visuals of, of any of his films. And, I mean, it certainly puts you into a mood, but it kind of feels like Scorsese and Trader maybe, like, just I, almost kicking back a bit. But, but at the same time, it's quite a manic film. Um, mm. But I know, I mean, I but I I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I think it's a film that very well suits Nicolas Cage's unique energy, um, and his character here 
there are moments. There's a scene where he's he's talking to Tom Sizemore, which I think could have been in Ghost Rider too, um, just for kind of how weirdly intense he gets. Yeah. Um, so I mean, which is kind of fascinating. Um, but I, there are certain things that don't super super work for me in it. I, I think his kind of like a kind of psychic connection to uh, Patricia Arquette's dad's a bit. Yeah, I'm not too sure about that, but uh, yeah, I mean o- overall, I, I very, I, I did enjoy the, the the rewatch, and I like how the cast revolves to kind of peak up, put like perk up the interest as well. But yeah, Mark, um, I'm I'm a huge fan of Bringing Out the Dead. Um, when I first I first watched it in the cinema, um, when I'd been sort of 17, probably actually. Um, and I didn't really like it and then didn't revisit it uh, for a number of years until I saw it for £2 on DVD uh, in Asda and thought, oh, I, I'm, I'm going to have to get that for two quid because it gives me a chance to rewatch it. Um, not only that, it, it kind of completes the Scorsese thing so I can have all the Scorsese's. Um, and then decided one night, fuck it, I'll give it another go. And rewatched it and that let me maybe five years ago um, and I absolutely loved it it's, it's got a manic it, yeah, it's not vintage Scorsese but there's a there's a certain kind of manic energy to it and it, it is crazy and kind of all over the place and yeah you say it's got that Nick Cage-ness to it all where you've got Cage in this you know being Cage in this crazy mindset you know very much as he was in Bad Lieutenant um, it's quite a good kind of companion piece I think for something like Bad Lieutenant uh, as much as it's a great companion piece for something like Taxi Driver and like you say as well it, it, it's great that you get it, it almost happens in kind of vignettes of, of what's happening uh, with the different uh, partners that you get we start with John Goodman then Ding Ryan and it's almost like his partners get more crazy as the three knights get more crazy um, and it's also it's always wonderful to see Tom Sizemore as well. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. Sorry, um, Lottie's just come in the room. Hey, hi, Bubs. Um, yeah, no, I mean that, that's that, that's it. I mean, it's good to see Tom Sizemore actually being good and high high energy and kind of contrasting quite well with John Goodman's character as well. Um, so yeah. I, I, just be a sec. You're right. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, bless her. Yeah, you. Hello. Give me half an hour and I'll be down. Is that all right? Okay, we're going in the pool. Thanks, Andy. Love you too. Sorry about that, bud. No, no problem. Um, right, okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it contrasts quite well with uh, John uh, John Goodman's character and Ving Rhames' character as well. I mean, I like the... I, I kind of forgot once John Goodman's out of the picture, he's out of the picture, and once Ving Rhames is out of the picture, he's out of the picture as well. Um, yeah. Whereas Sizemore kind of appears kind of every now and again, mm. and you know, for me, I, I genuinely think Sizemore's um, issues, we'll say, uh, that he's, he's, he's had in his, his his life, his addictions and things like that, are a genuine loss to to kind of modern cinema because I think he is one of the great character actors of the nineties um, that sadly just burnt out himself um and i think it's a crying shame he's one of those where i would fucking love a, a, a proper proper comeback from him and you know i, I listened to one of brett Easton's podcast a few months ago and he, he genuinely loves movies as well mm. he's an actor who watches movies and you know, and he talks about like these people and about how he adores like Scorsese, you know, and he adores Terence, you know, um, De Niro, and he's talking about these people. And you're thinking, and but you worked with them and you had all those fucking chances, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, it kind of feels like Sizemore's time could actually come again to me. I'd love it to. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I kind of think it might. Um, but yeah, I mean, so, I, I yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the way that that kind of flits around and also i mean the fact that it does feel like it's steeped in a real world experience as well like you imagine mm. that that you know uh, ambulance drivers did have an experience like going into that nightclub and thing rains kind of like taking the piss and like doing the uh praying to jesus kind of uh, you know kind it's of stuff great know? is that yeah i mean it's it's a that's a fantastic scene joe Connolly, who uh wrote the book uh bring out the dead um it's it is um, based. It's part autobiographical. 
Yeah, I mean, I, that, yeah, I mean, that, that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. But I mean, like Paul Trader gives it this, uh, I don't know, kind of lyrical tone in the kind of the voiceovers and whatnot, and uh, I mean the, the the discussions that Cage um, that, that that Cage has, and you know that that kind of sense of Catholic guilt is kind of like streaming yeah. out of this film's pores. Um, <laughs> but I mean, again, the, I, the 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 kind of the the Rosa thing, I'm I'm a little bit why it never really gets me why that one is the one that particularly affects him and haunts him um i i mean like i said like i said earlier the the psychic connection to the dad it's a i don't know it's just a bit i don't i don't feel where this is coming from um Mm. but i mean that 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 might just be me um, but I think... The same connection to the dad, I, I'm not a fan of. The Rosa thing's one of those where it's it's a funny thing. It, it, it doesn't bother me that much, but I think it is a little bit... There's, it, it, it's hammered in too much. Yeah, I mean, there are... I, I kind of lost count of the amount of shots of him looking out and then someone turning around and it being her face. Yeah. Um, it, it is a little... Okay, we get the point, but... I do like his relationship with Patricia Arquette's character and how that goes up and down. And I will say as well, I mean, I think Cliff Curtis is a bit of an MVP in this. Cliff Curtis is magnificent in this. That that scene where he's on the railings is yeah. is an absolute standout scene. The fact that they're cutting him off the railings and he's just looking out and he's and he's just kind of he's talking and it's it's almost like he he, he literally is talking to uh, like. Nick Cage's soul, and um, then you know, then Scorsese is this thing where it, it, he, he what he's showing you is what's happening, but he's also going to show you what is happening in the mind of the person as well. Yeah, so yeah. you've got all the fireworks going off and everything like that. It's like, yeah, that's not happening, but that's how Cliff Curtis's character side. That's what he's seeing there. Mm, mm. No, yeah, I'm sorry. It's beautiful. It's a beautifully shot scene. That. Um, and, and that's the thing. I mean, like Shoemaker's um, editing kind of gets you very quickly into that. This is mm. not a, uh, an objective point of view. None of this film yeah. is. It's all in the eyes of the participants. Um, and I mean, I, lo- I, I love as well the the scenes where you know I'll fire you tomorrow. I promise. You know, it's just that <laughs> that, that, uh, that element of he's not going to be able to escape this hell. And even yeah. when, you know, he crashes that um, the ambulance with Bing Rames and then just walks off, he comes in and the guy's just like, you need to fill in this form about that. Now, you know, these buses <laughs> need manning. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's great. It's, it's genuinely, there's such a dark, weird humour about that. Um, yeah. That, I mean, it kind of feels like only Scorsese can really, can really do that. You know, I, I, it's, 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 it's wonderful. I mean, none of, none of the stuff here, I would say, none, no element is the best of Scorsese's career, but I certainly don't think any, any element of it is the worst either. And it, it just, no, it's really there's, solid there's, Scorsese, this. Yeah, there's, there's so much good. I mean, it, it is, at its heart, and like I, what I maintain about The Wolf of Wall Street uh, is, for me, The Wolf of Wall Street is a black comedy. It is a comedy film, and this, I think, this verges on being more out-and-out comedy than anything else, Um, and almost like, it's almost verging on real-life slapstick, like a realistic slapstick. The the fact that you've got at the end bit is him walking out of the hospital, um, having just um, essentially killed um, Patricia Arquette's father. Because in his mind, that's what he wants. Um, and then he walks by, and Tom Sizemore is just bashing the hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, having said earlier on, I've tried to kill this um, this bus so many times, and it just won't die. Yeah, yeah. And then he's just beating the hell out of it. And there's just so many bits in the entire film where it's just being a, it's just being this weird comedy. Um, it, it, it's quite an experience. It, it, one of its failings is I think it's a little bit too long. Yeah. Doesn't need to be plus two hours. Um, there's a few bits in it where you kind of go, mm, didn't need that. Take, but then you kind of take Noel out. 
I like Noel as I a character. I like Noel as a character, but like there's, the, there's a little bit too much. Yeah, to yeah. But it, it, even though there's a great moment where it, you know he, he said to John Goodman's character, "I'm done. I, I'm done. I don't want another call tonight. Take me to the hospital. I, I need. I, I'm sick." And he's he essentially John Goodman goes and parks. Oh, that's and just lets them get a little five minute sleep, and then Nick Cage wakes up by slamming on the horn, and then drives. And you just hear Nick Cage. Always seems the ambulance moving from a long shot, and Nick Cage is going, "That's the water. That's the water. Turn around." <laughs> <laughs> and it's just there's there's so many moments like that that it, it, it's such a there's a lot of kind of human misery in this movie, uh-huh. um, yet. It, it, it's kind of quite an quite a, an upbeat film to watch at points, which makes no sense based on what it's actually about or what you're actually kind of, It's that perverse gallows humour, though, isn't it? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just the weirdness of what you're seeing just does kind of strike you. And I mean, I, I know I, I see what you're saying for sure. Yeah, um, and it, it, it is. There's a there's an energy that I think that, that, that Scorsese brings to it. it. It almost reminds me at points of uh, the films that um, Oliver Stone was making at the time. Sure. Um, which I think, actually, uh, Rob Richardson, actually, I think he shot a couple of those um, those kind of mid-90s uh, Oliver Stone movies. He did, actually. He... he, he actually, yeah, he did, actually. He, he, he's done pretty much everything. Uh you know, he did the Doors, and he did uh, JFK, he did Natural Born Killers, and he also did U-Turn. Uh, and it, you know, it's Natural Born Killers and it's U-Turn that, that this kind of reminded me of. So obviously, it, you know, it comes out of that. Um, so it, it's, it's a really interesting way of that. Like you say, it, it just it builds and it builds and it builds and it builds, and then by the end of it, it's just fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. No, but I mean, and then it, it's it's got that. But then it's got quite a low-key ending as well with, um, yeah. you know, Nicolas Cage going to a house and then it, you know, the whole thing kind of gets bathed in light. I mean, you know, at times the cinematography, like, I mean, Robert Richardson's obviously just doing what Scorsese wants him to do, but it's all a little bit heavy-handed, kind of crank up the light in some bits, crank up the shadow in other bits. But um, I, I, I don't know. It, it, again, it kind of weirdly feels of a place with the film where it like i say it's not objective it is subjective and it kind of like by the end of the film it probably does feel like nick cage nick cage's character probably feels like he is being bathed in light you know so yeah. fair enough i suppose yeah and it also was quite interesting having the um the dispatchers being scorsese and hearing his voice coming out in the film as well yeah. Um, he likes to make appearances in his films, and then uh, also I think Queen Latifah's the other one. I think, isn't she? Yeah. Oh, is she? Okay. Yeah, it's Queen Latifah. Nice. Yeah. Um, and Ving, actually, it's very nice that Ving Rhymes kind of gets dropped in. We we were introduced to him, a, you know, after a few seconds beforehand, and then kind of gets dropped in. But like you say, you don't see his partners after he's finished working. You don't see them again. But like you say, Tom Sizemore is there from the first um, partner he's always there and it's like oh here comes crazy I think is how he's introduced yeah I mean it's almost like he's the devil on his shoulder or something it's like it's, yeah. it's the, the one thing he can't get rid of or something yeah and it, 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 it's it's great the fact that you know when, just when you think you know when, when when Nick Cage does something crazy like smash a window and Tom Sizemore almost chews him out he's like what are you doing and he's like and it's almost like this is going to be almost Nick Cage redemption he's like You've let him get away. You go down there. Yeah. I'm going down here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you mad motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, no, but, I mean, it, but again, it's entertaining. And he kind of shouldn't be entertaining his character, but he is. And it just, yeah. it, it's this crazy full moon night stuff. It's, uh, yeah, no, very entertaining. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a definitely not shit for me. It, it's, don't get me wrong, it's not one of my favourite Scorsese's. But it absolutely uh, it is one that I thoroughly enjoy every time I watch it. Yeah, I mean, un- unlike Kundun, and probably, to be honest, the, at the Age of Innocence, it feels like one I, I will re-watch again. Yeah. And I, I actually think this marathon might actually complete my every single fiction film Scorsese has made. I'm wondering, actually. Uh, I, I know uh, my Scorsese is... Uh, it is complete. Okay. 
got to have a look at this now. And that's that's every single fucking thing as well. Right, okay. That's docks and all. Right, so I'm talking just full features. Fuck, who's that knocking at my door? Bollocks, what's this? Uh, it's a very early one, Shit. that. Shit. It's his first movie. Is that Harvey Keitel? Yeah, it is. Oh, wow. Yeah. Bollocks, alright. It's not great. No, well, I'm still going to have to watch it at some point. Yeah, you still have to watch it, So, who's that knocking at my door? Boscar Bertha, yes. Mean Streets, yes. Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, yes. Taxi Driver, yes. New York, New York, yes. Raging Bull, yes. King Comedy, yes. After Hours, yes. Colour of Money, yes. Goodfellas, yes. Cape Fear, yes. The Age of Innocence, yes. Casino, yes. Kundun, yes. Bringing Out the Dead, yes. Gaz New York, yes. The Aviator, yes. The Departed, yes. Shutter Island, yes. Hugo, yes. Wolf of Wall Street, yes. Bloody hell. You missed that Last Temptation of Christ, oh, but I know you've seen shit. that. Yeah, no, Last Temptation of Christ, quite right, but I have seen that indeed. Right, so, who's that knocking at my door? And then I've watched every single one of his fiction films. Fuck. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay, well, great. Um, do we want to talk about our next marathon? Because... Yeah, this I is, think I'll, 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 I'll let you introduce it. Yeah, this is... Um, it was kind of... Uh, I, I believe it was my idea, wasn't it? It was your idea, yeah. Um, yeah. So this is uh, a, a filmmaker who I know I haven't seen. I, I, I probably haven't even scratched the fucking surface, to be honest. No. Um, so this is going to be a good... Uh, I think it's going to be a good one for both of us, this. So mm. I'm, I'm wanting to call this Mark and Ian drag Werner Herzog up a mountain. Yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm... Down with that. Brilliant. So um, we're going to be doing a Herzog marathon. Um, now this is ki- kind of in conjunction with the um, the box set that uh, BFI uh, put out recently. Um, I know um, Shout Factory put one out in the US as well, which has some slightly different contents. But um, I'm just going to have a look because I think we're going to need to have a talk about how many we're going to do and what we actually do. Yeah. Um, what, 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 what are you thinking that you'd like to do? I, I mean... I defo, I defo want to do a, a Guire. Yeah. Um, I defo want to do Nosferatu, and I've seen yeah. both of those. Yeah. Um, I very much want to do Fitzcarraldo because I've never seen it. It would actually give me an excuse to watch it. Have you not seen Fitzcarraldo? Uh, no. Oh my God, you are in for a, you are in for a treat. Mm. Um, and then beyond that. I mean, Strozhek, I've heard. I mean, I'm, I'm almost tempted to say if people want to tweet us and say, like, what ones they want us to cover. Like, if we... How many do you want to do total? I'd say we do five. We usually do five, don't we? Do you want to do six? I'd say we do... Yes, I'm, 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 I'm definitely down with six, yeah. Right, so, like, Fitzcarraldo... Nosferatu, Aguirre. Are those three yeah. okay? Yeah, I'm down with those. Yeah, that's, that's fine by me. Are mate. there any that you really want to do? No, I'll do any of the others. Okay. I'm perfectly happy to do anything else. So, guys, um, essentially what I'd say, guys, there is if you could just look at the the films that are on the... Shit, I didn't realise there was that many on it. Yeah, I think some of them are shorts, mine. Some of my shorts, yeah. There's... So... Basically, any of those, or even if they're not on there, uh, I'm sure we can we can get all of that. I've got quite a few of them anyway. I, I um, will say I'd prefer it if they were on there. Are you prefer, If they're on there, yes, cool. So have a look on there. Any of the films on there, uh, if you can add a few in and we'll we'll, we'll cover those. Um, it's not one we need to cover in kind of year's sequence, to be honest. Um, so we can we can kind of work around that. Yeah, I mean, so... We we got three defos there. So then, yeah. if we say the top three other ones that are voted for, yeah. So we're not. We will be starting next week. So obviously, next week will be our end of year. No, yeah, I mean, fucking year, uh, yeah. We've got to work this out as well. So we're on Monday the twenty second now. No, next week will be our uh, Exodus of Gods and Kings show. Oh, it? shit it off. Yeah, all right. And the week after will be our, um, yeah. Yeah, so if we do uh, kind of a, mid- a, a mid-week recording next week, it's, it's Lotz's birthday on Sunday, so I'm not... Oh, yeah, no, no, that, that's fine. Um, I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm cool. that. So if we do a mid-week show and then maybe a weekend show or something... Yeah, cool. All right, nice one. Um, okay, cool. So yeah, um, so yeah, we won't do 
we won't do a marathon next week. We'll, uh, yeah. I don't know. To be fair, like we might, could, we could just do an extended like what we've been watching section next week or something because I'm going to be watching yeah. a bunch of shit for year end anyway. Mm, me too. Yeah, <laughs> me so, too. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. So we'll we'll go with that then. Um, okay. So right. Um, shall we do some uh, Twitter questions? Then we've got ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah, cool, right. First one was a question we got asked uh, a few days ago. Tom at Very Cinematic says, what's the coolest scene in the history of film that involves a motorcycle? Oh, fuck me. That was originally uh, for my uh, Noel's um, oh, Sons yeah. of Anarchy podcast, uh, and then you vetoed it because it is movie-related. I can tell you definitively what is the greatest scene in movie history uh, involving a motorcycle. Oh, go on. Uh, it is in the Jean-Claude Van Damme film, um, Nowhere to Run. Um, have you ever seen Nowhere to I Run? I haven't. Then you will have experienced the absolute wonder uh, of what I'm about to explain to you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme is in a, a, a forest, right? And he's got guys after him, and he's he's knelt down uh, next to his motorbike, uh, and he's doing something. I think he's putting out a fire or something like that. And he hears people. So do you know what he does? Do you know what he does? From a seated position, he jumps up and onto the motorbike in slow motion. <laughs> Not. And I don't believe that they shot it and then slowed it down. I believe that Van Dam jumped in slow motion and then he lands on the motorbike nice. um, I'm going to see if I can find a YouTube clip uh, to send you of that because it is pure beauty okay <laughs> um shit I don't know man hot shots oh that is a good one yeah, that, that's a, that's a good one. Shit, I'm, it was the first one that came to mind, so I'm going with hot shots. That's a that's that's a that's the wrong answer, but I'm going with it. Yeah, um, I can't find the clip. I, I I will I will watch the film. I will video the clip and I will send For it to fuck's you. Sake, okay. <laughs> it's a powerful movie. <laughs> it's got Ted Levine playing a batshit crazy character. Oh, that's in it. always good, man. It is actually, actually, do you know what? 95 minutes, it, it is, it's, at some point, it's worth 95 minutes. Mm. Uh, if you, if, if, if at all you're into Van Damme movies, uh, which I was as a child. Nice. Uh, what else have we got? Um, we also have, uh, again from Tom Atbury Cinematic, uh, according to Rob Lowe, can't in the interview is like Europe giving in to Hitler. Is this a bit of an exaggeration? Yes, even though it is a bit of a dangerous precedent for the future, but yes. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it is, because at the end of the day, it is just a film, and I can see, I can kind of see the reasonings behind why they've cancelled it. I think it is a little bit, it does set a dangerous precedent, but... Yeah. Can you imagine if they, let's say, there were threats made? Can you imagine if they did release it and something did happen, the amount of shit they would get? Even if it was just like a copycat person or something, you know? Yeah, just... it's still... It, it, in. I think in this current climate, I think it was sensible to maybe go, shit, do Not we right actually now. just... Let's be honest. The interview will come out at some mm. point. It will come out at some point. It's not going to disappear. And if anyone thinks it is going to disappear and it won't, you need to accept the fact that it's going to come out mm. at some point. Probably in a cinema. Yeah. Very, maybe very briefly, but it it will come out. They just have to work out how tangible this threat is. Mm-hmm. Um or it could just be the greatest piece of fucking uh, marketing ever. It's not that. <laughs> It'd be amazing if it was. You know it's been forty-four million on a movie uh, and then dump it when the previous fucking movie that these guys made they spent roughly the same, but it made I think just shy of one hundred and fifty million. You don't throw away probably a hundred million quid. 
they're just going to bin it. Yeah. It will come out at some point. It will see the light of day. Yep. Agreed. Uh, and then the final question is Rich Kid uh, at Rich Year Kid. As Dumb and Dumber gets a se- gets its sequel, what other film from 20 years ago would you like to see a sequel to? Seven. Ooh. Oh, that's a really, really strong shout. Pitt, 20 years later. Morgan Freeman, 20 years later. See where they are. Have some oh. copycat fucking Kevin Spacey or something. That's a... That's a really fucking, really strong I'd show. Actually, I'd fucking, I'd watch the shit out of that. Yeah. Um, what movie would I like to see from from twenty years ago? Um, I'm trying to think, what came out about twenty years ago? Let me have a look. Um, uh, yeah, just to see, just to see where what's his name is um, in that. Mm. Uh, it's like a broken fucking character. Mm-hmm. Quite a lot of movies from that time, from nineteen, from nineteen ninety four, already have sequels. Um, oh, I, I've said it on this podcast before. I would have liked to have seen the specialist, uh, the Sylvester Stallone movie, um, become like a franchise hmm. because it, 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 it's like it is almost that film. Have you ever seen the specialist? Uh, no, no, I haven't actually. This, honestly, especially, it, don't get me wrong, it's not a great film, but it's it's almost like a melo, like a melodrama Bond movie. It, it, it is like that, like somebody wrote a Bond script and when oh, it just doesn't quite work, threw it out, and Stallone was walking by the the office as they threw it out and it hit him in the face and he went, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> and he went, hey, hey, what was this? He went, I said some shitty Bond script. Went, I keep this. I just went, um, yeah, do whatever. He went, ah. And then James Bond went, what's that? What the fuck's that? He went, went we're gonna make a movie. <laughs> and then they made it, and it, 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 it's marvelous. Nice. Um, granted, it, it, it's way too long, and it, it, even two hours long, but it is brilliant. Hmm. Uh, and then that's that. That's it for our Twitter questions. Nice. Um, fuck, we have done a crazy, not even an hour. Um, does feel like we have ploughed through quite a lot. That now. was pretty um, rammed, mind. Yeah. Yeah, we, we did get quite a lot done. Um, literally, uh, it's quite good actually than that because um, I've not been very well and I've been incredibly busy, so I, I haven't had that much chance to watch anything really, to be honest. To give an example of how busy I am, I finished job number one on Friday, and then was in job number one on Saturday and was in job number one today. Yeah. But I officially finished job number one on Friday. Oh. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, but now I am I am off job number one for a week, uh, I'm in one day for job number two. Um, so yeah, um, that was episode 92, guys, uh, the episode before Christmas, so we do wish you a, a very Merry Christmas, uh, we'll see you, well, we'll not see you, but we'll speak to you before, um, New Year. Um, but you can get in touch with us uh, at Dude and the Monkey on Twitter, at Ian Loring on Twitter, at Doofoz on Twitter, uh, Dude and Monkey at gmail.com. Ian, anything you want to add? I got nothing. Cool. Um, well, again, say we wish you a very Merry Christmas, we hope. Or oh, if you know, celebrate Christmas, uh, we wish you happy holidays. Um, and yes, we shall speak to you next week at some point. Thank you very much for listening. Nice one, guys. Cheers.